0: Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Tomlow and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories, all to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, we are back on another episode of Maine Golf Talk. I am joined by good friend, Zach Sweet. Uh, grew up in Madison, Maine with uh, his brother, Seth Sweet, who we recently had on. Zach is the head golf professional at Cape Cod National. Zach, how are you, and uh, what's going on? What's new?
1: I'm good, Henry. Thanks for having me on. It's, um, you know, I've been listening to you guys the last couple weeks here, been geared up to uh, chat with you, and You know, things are a little different down here on the Cape right now. Uh, I think everybody's experiencing that, but we're kind of evolving and growing as we go. So um, other than that, can't complain, man. Everything's good.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you guys are maybe just a little bit behind as far as some of the guidelines. Like you sound like your golf shop is closed.
1: Yeah, we've got a little bit of a limitation. Um, We're actually, our range isn't even open yet. Uh, I think we're the last of the states right now. Um, range-wise, so got the golf carts, got people on the golf course, I mean, you know, being a private club, the members are happy, they're, they're getting out playing golf, golf course is in good shape, it's had kind of limited play, um, hoping from Monday, I think we're going to get some good news, I think sounding like at least a golf shop and some limited capacity, um, get some people on the driving range, um, people have been telling me how much they need some time on the driving range, and I can agree, so
0: yeah, and I'm sure they're getting antsy for some of those club events too. I know that's, uh, yeah, it's been challenging up here as well as you know large gatherings and not having a restaurant open, all the all the things that go into it. So
1: uh,
0: I'm sure people are ready to get back to normal here as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think people are realizing it's it's really funny when you go through a situation like this how you start to realize what is actually essential and what's important. And people are really incredibly understanding considering, you know, being in a private club, you have a certain level of service that you provide. And we typically are on the high end of that. And right now we can't offer anything. I mean, I can't even carry Mrs. Jones golf bag down the hill. And it's like, that's a different experience um, for them and for us. But people are so incredibly understanding. They just know like the bare bones of it is that we're out there to play golf. And we know we're going to have a good time playing golf And that's really it. Gonna get a little exercise, and people are happy.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting being at a private club like that when you know the members are basically, you know, at some point they're paying for that level of service, and it's like you're trying to provide that, but you're having to kind of cut back because of the the stipulations in place. And I I, mean, it is tricky. And you know, I just listened to uh, Dr. Brett McCabe, and he was talking about. Times like this obviously make you feel grateful as well because we've really been able to play. Like, even the PGA Tour players, like, when they get back out, if they hit a bad shot, are they going to get angry or they're going to be like, man, I'm just glad to be out here?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, you got to expect there's going to be a little rust on the game. And I think that's the way people are looking at this. Like, for everybody, this is kind of a, a practice swing. You know what I mean? For the golf club trying to run things, this is completely brand new. You know, so it's kind of like putting the training wheels back on. Let's figure it out and um, work our way around it. And everybody's just so understanding about it. So it's it's really nice.
0: So tell us a little bit about the club. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it on Google Maps, and I, I completely forgot. It's literally neighbors with the captain's courses, uh, two courses I know well. And, uh, you know, me being a coach at Bates College, we went down there and, and competed in NEIGAs this fall. and uh two great courses there but tell us a little bit about Cape Cod national and, and
1: how you know
0: you came to be
1: there yeah sure so uh yeah we're actually just about a mile or so away from captain's and we're the only other club in brewster so the club itself actually opened in 1998 uh, the owner is john peffer and he, you know he had kind of this grand vision we didn't really have a other we have eastern hoe near us uh, but we didn't have like a private just golf club down this way. And he saw a vision and saw some land, um, kind of made a deal with the owner of a resort down the street and got the, you know, kind of acquired the land. We built a relationship with those people there, which was awesome. And it still continues to bloom there. And so now we're, you know, 21, 22 years in and, uh, the place is finally maturing. I mean, as you know, like it takes a little bit of time to start seeing the golf course, you know, play the way you want it to. It takes a while for it to really settle and mature. And now it's, it's, you know, it's awesome. So he actually got some members to join before the club was even built. And I think this was just an incredible, this man is just blows my mind. Like he was able to bring people out on the raw land, walk them through the, what the layout would be, and then get them to commit to membership. And and that was the basis of us having a membership. So back in 1997, we have members that have joined before the golf club is even built. Wow. And yeah, I mean, you had people walk in the raw land to actually, you know, decide whether they're going to become a member. They didn't even have a golf course at the time. So that's kind of the way that they came to be. Um, as far as, you know, my tenure there, um, Actually, I guess I should say we have about 250 members now. So we've grown significantly over time. That's pretty much our number. We don't – we're just a golf club, so we want to keep it around yeah. that. Um, well, I
0: can – and I can see why. I mean, like I said, I'm on Google Maps right now, and this place just looks pure. And uh, anybody that knows me knows I love shadow cuts, and <laughs> looks like your fairways are just you know aligned with those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it certainly looks like a great club, great location. So, yeah continue with what you're
1: saying. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So it's, uh, the golf course is really, really good. It's a Brian Silva design. Um, not many people know Brian, but he's done a lot of touch-ups. He actually does a lot of Rainer rework. Um, and he's done some work over captains, um, BlackRock, but he does a ton of Rainer touch-ups. And he's a, he's a really good guy. And This was his first, you know, full design. And so it's it's been a really cool experience kind of seeing the place grow um this is my seventh year there total i did four years as a as an assistant and now this is my third year as the head professional um quick leave of absence over to fisher's island which wasn't too bad a a trek either but um really happy to be back
0: yeah you know it's brian silva he actually designed old marsh uh up here in wells maine
1: there we go. I, you know, what? I actually, that slipped my mind. I didn't even realize that that was a, a crossover. Yeah.
0: Not, not the one in uh, Palm beach gardens. I, I know
1: that one well too. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I spent a, spent a decent amount of time on the water while I was there. Yeah. Talk,
0: talk me through, you know, your time down in Florida in the winters, you know, I, I know you haven't done it in a few years here, but, uh, you know, being at Everglades, what that was like and, and, uh, how that, that sort of helped you, uh, I guess, acquire this position, I, I
1: suppose. Sure. Yeah, no, one of, the, uh, one of the coolest things that I've been able to experience as part of the PGM program and becoming a PGA pro is the fact that you know, I was able to experience a north-south, um, as busy as that is, like working a north job and then moving south for the wintertime, as busy as that can be doing six months at a time. It is such a cool experience. I mean, you meet so many cool people. So I actually spent four winters at the Everglades Club, um, which is on Palm Beach Island, it's like this – it's hidden. It's right off of Worth Avenue. You're driving down the – walking down Worth, and it's just an alleyway off Worth Avenue. So it's a really cool spot. That's a Seth Rayner course. Um, and actually, I think Brian Brian touched that one up as well, I think in '02. So it's just – um, it was a really cool experience. You meet a lot of great people. And obviously you spent a little bit of time down in Florida as well. And you can attest the winter time is not so bad down there, especially when you're accustomed to some main snow. Well,
0: Oh no, man. I mean, double bag loops and then going to the beach. And I mean, come on, that, that's quite the lifestyle down there.
1: Yeah. I mean, fast pace. It's good.
0: Yeah. So, it, you know, let's go back a little bit though. I, you know, I, uh, our listeners know a little bit about your upbringing based on Seth's episode, but let's talk about being at Methodist. And I mean, you're talking one of the premier PGM schools, but also, uh, you know, the golf team's been great there. Talk, talk us about that experience.
1: Sorry, can you come back with the last part of that question, Henry? You had my internet cut out on me. I apologize.
0: Oh, yeah, just about, you know, your time at Methodist and what that did for you.
1: Sure. No, I've got um, tons of people to thank for Methodist. I mean, Methodist was probably the best decision I've. I've made. It ended up being it's like a homeschool atmosphere. There, got there, everybody made you feel comfortable, and you've got a golf course on property. Um, that's it's basically you are a private member at a golf course with like 200 to 250 members. You got your own driving range. You hit as many balls as you want. Um, and going through that program, I mean, you get a new you know invaluable experience by going to did internships throughout the each summer. And that actually just added a ton of value to, you know, what I was able to do. So Methodist was a huge step for me. Um, Jerry Hogg, the director uh, of the program there, like he, we showed up, my family and I, we did a tour. He came in and man, like you think of your grandfather, like just coming in and calming the room. And this guy just came in and laid it out. And it was like, yeah, of course I'm coming here. Why wouldn't I be going here? So the guy was, the guy's all time. He's I'm inducted in the North Carolina hall of fame. And, um, so I owe a lot to him, you know, Bob Bruns is now the director there. I mean, so there's so many good things have happened there and I encourage people to continue. If you're interested in golf and you're interested in potentially going any Avenue, you don't have to be a PGA pro in the sense that you're working behind the counter or things like that. You can do it any way you want to do it. And uh, Methodist is a great option.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And it just seemed like you were on that track to uh, you know, become a head golf professional and look at look at where you are now. I mean, it's just an awesome facility and it looks like you're uh you're really enjoying it up there.
1: Yeah, and and or, uh, I should say I should say down there. I'm
0: thinking I'm thinking I'm still living in Florida, I guess.
1: Yeah, you're you're living in the the warm weather, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's technically down there and over there, but um yeah, no, I'm psyched to be here and I'm really blessed to be here. It's just a, it's a cool place. And I'm very fortunate to get it when I did.
0: Yeah. So from our, my conversation with Seth, I think I recall him saying that you guys all kind of started playing a game at the same time, like you and your family.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. we okay, all started so, young.
0: so was there a little sibling rivalry, you know, there when you were younger?
1: Yeah, um, so when we started, there wasn't, it was like a very calm, relaxing, you know, family sport, all four of us would go out, we kind of bang it around and figure it out. And I don't know exactly at what point it became competitive. um, But it did. And for a while, I would say that I had the upper hand. And I think that was purely by size and age. Um, And then there was a point in time where I just found myself unable to beat him ever again. And it continues to this day. He just continually um, pounds on me. But, yeah, I i mean, I owe a lot to him. I owe a lot to my parents, you know, for getting us into the game. And my brother and I literally would play just every afternoon, you know, and I, you can attest to that. You, you have lived that too, you know. That was your after-school yep. activity. You just go play golf. It's kind of well, like you mean, get done work.
0: And you guys worked at the golf course. You were doing maintenance on it, weren't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh. we did some maintenance, yeah, so – pretty much that, and that, school, golf, and that was our, you know, that was our days. So, you probably, you
0: probably were helping him when he was a little youngster. You are like, all right, I'll help my little brother out, get him in the game, help him with his grip, all that good stuff, and then he's beating you, and you're like, really? Come off it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're a teenager, you're like, man, why did I help him the last (laughs) couple years? And then you get, like, four or five years down the road, and you're like, man, it's really fun. It's been fun watching him play. Like, he's... Done a lot of cool things so I, I've loved watching him play and I wouldn't take any of that back so but yeah you're absolutely right you go through a period of time you're like man wish I had to give him that tip last week you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> now have you guys been able to visit each other have you gone down to secession? Has he come up to your course?
1: Yeah we both kind of we've done a little bit of home and home of sorts I've got down there a couple times um, he makes it up here a couple times our schedules kind of don't coincide very well but you yeah. know we try to get It's it's certainly not the amount of golf we used to play, Um, but it's something. We actually, uh, he probably has told you. Actually, he probably didn't tell you. He's being modest. But we have a sweet cup. It's actually a tournament between just he and I, and um, we've honestly run that thing for about I don't know nine or ten years since I left high school, and uh, I have yet to win that cup. It's a fifty four hole event. It began. This is a this is a main story right here. Began at Belgrade Lakes seven thirty a.m uh we played there kyle evans was nice enough to let us out that guy did so many good things for us up there he let us play we played 18 holes and like uh, we buzzed and then we went over and visited our buddy mike dugas over at jw we oh, buzzed okay. around 18 there Match was i think all square leaving jw we go back home to lakewood our home course and I think we we buzzed around. We finished about seven thirty. My mom met us on like the last hole, and it, it was like a three and two match. But it was a fifty four hole one day event, and we kind of touched them all in Maine.
0: That's awesome. That's so funny.
1: Yep. Man. I'm uh, not
0: proud. So, so. when's the uh, when's the next one scheduled for? We got to get some. Uh, we got to get the drone out for this. We got to get some you know publicity started.
1: Yeah, usually we can get three rounds in closer to, like, Christmas time, so we were a little ways off. Um, i got to get some rust off the game. Usually we do it around Christmas, though, because we we usually have at least time to do three rounds. But, you know, this past year we hit Atlanta Athletic Club, um, played my parents' place, St. Ives. So we we try to bounce it around, play different places, which is fun.
0: And uh, so where you are now – are you also giving lessons? Are you able to do
1: instruction
0: or do you kind of, or do you have a director of instruction already there?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a director of instruction. Uh, A lot of my instruction actually comes through group clinics. We do a ton of, we actually have this great ladies beginner program. Um, We can't run it right now because the volume, we usually get about 20 ladies and we run that for the season. So we usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, we do ladies clinics. Um, starting in June usually. So, but, um, right now I haven't done many lessons yet. Hopefully that picks up. But the part that I love about my job is that I get to do a little bit of it all. Yeah. So, I mean, I may be doing a lesson at one point or two lessons in a day, bounce over to a tournament, then unfold some shirts in the golf shop. Like it's, it's everything. And, um, and everybody's got their own niche, but that's, that, that hits the spot for me.
0: Well, you know, I see it every day with Nick at Martindale and, you know I, you know I've been at a few clubs and it I think there's a certain level of almost a little bit of ownership to it and you you take pride in in all aspects of it as opposed to like just uh, you know just master it like maybe you are just in instruction or uh, you know maybe you are just in merchandise I think it, I think seeing it from all sides you know I can say that the clubs I've been at where I've been kind of thrust into doing all of those things you t- you take pride in it you know.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And I mean. Sorry,
0: Zach, I lost you there for a second.
1: Yeah, no, sorry about that. My internet sometimes is a little, little iffy. So no, I was just saying that you can appreciate it. You've been, you've done it. You, you know, still do it, but you can appreciate every part of the uh, operation, even if you don't necessarily love every part of the operation. Definitely. Definitely.
0: So any uh, plans on coming up to Maine this summer?
1: Right now, the travel schedule, I don't know if that's going to be in the cards, but um, yeah, typically try to get up there once, um, once a season, and whether that be in the fall when things kind of slow down a little bit here, and I try to make a, make a quick escape and, and scoot up there. But um Always miss being up there.
0: And you try to play in some of the NEPGA events like programs and
1: <laughs> Yeah, pro-ams especially. You know, I can I, I love I love to still compete. Um, but I can find myself a little bit easier to justify going to play with three members. You know you so it's kind of your day, you take it, you go play with some members, and you feel like you can be a little more justified in going to play in a tournament that way. So I do a ton of the you know, a ton of those type of tournaments. Now we're so far over here on the Cape though. You know, sometimes any PGA section spreads a long ways, and we are not anywhere near the center of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's pretty far out there. So yeah. Now, okay, so back in the day, correct me if I'm wrong, but you swing right-handed and you putt left-handed.
1: Yeah, I think it was the best of all evils. You know, when when you're struggling, you just instead of going all the baby steps, you just take one, you know, one big step, yeah. and I just went to the other side of the ball. So. Honestly, and you're still uh, doing it. I'm still doing it. And uh, that was also a very good decision. Long term It was really awkward at first, but it, it was a long term good play.
0: Well, we've already had one uh, person on this podcast that does the same thing. His name is Mike Bender, and he went through a stretch of that. And I know very well that Mac O'Grady did the same thing. So you're in good company, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't research them to do that. It just happened, but I'm not mad about it.
0: Well, I think you told me something about your eye dominance, too, that you're standing over the ball, and, you know, that can affect how you I – because, I mean, putting so visual to begin with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, actually, we, the same guy – one of the guys that Seth was working with as well, Ron Torrington um, in yeah. Manchester, we spent some time with him, and, yeah, he we kind of figured out, like, I'm right eye dominant, and so my peripheral vision allows me to see – out the right side a little better when I'm putting left-handed and it's not so much a stroke. That's a problem. It's just lining up. I mean, you can line up every which way. So yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Now do you have one of those bullseye putters where if you're, you're putting poorly left-handed, you can just switch over
1: real quick. I really should. That's <laughs> how I started. But I mean, man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm confused enough actually, on the yeah, golf course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's, it's confusing enough out there. I don't know if we need to add uh, other variables.
0: Now, how many times uh, have
1: you been able to get out there at Cape Cod? Uh, so far, not too many. I think I've got like four rounds in maybe, uh, honestly. Yeah. Normally, I get out with members like once or twice a week throughout the season. Mm-hmm. and then, Yeah, and then I usually try to scoot out in the evening every once in a while, um, play with my girlfriend or, you know, play with the guys from the from the staff. So, but, you know, I, I try to get out in the men's game. We have two of them a week, try to get out in one of those pretty much every week when possible. So. I think
0: last time we chatted, you mentioned something about uh, the, the club putting in some indoor facility for the winter. Is that correct?
1: Uh, we haven't gone that route yet. Um, to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't see it panning out for us just because I think we don't really have a lot of members to hang around. I mean, we have a okay. few, but enough of our members go to Florida now, that it's not it's not a super viable option for us. so So what so what you guys uh
0: martindale yeah we uh nick has actually talked about uh, putting in i believe three simulators this upcoming winter might be two i think it's three uh so they have a large banquet room in in the second level and yeah that's uh that's definitely in the works and obviously with with the covid situation it's uh there's definitely more challenges now but um he seems pretty uh he uh, seems like he really wants to put it together for our membership, so it's great. Yep. that's awesome. That's really, that's so what, a cool.
1: That's a cool experience.
0: Yeah. So, what are your, what are your plans for the
1: winter? Some of those things out, but I'm primarily here and just kind of operate out of here i I still work um when possible when i'm here but it's nice you you just kind of break it up and i think that's the key for anybody you know you don't have to be away for six months but you get away for a couple days at a time it's nice
0: certainly certainly well zach we uh we appreciate you coming on we we do end these with a wicked fire round i'm I'm sure you know so we got to go through these your top course in the state of maine
1: Top one, Belgrade Lakes.
0: Oh, you want to do five? Is that what you want? No, I don't want to do five.
1: <laughs> Belgrade, Lakes is, Belgrade Lakes. takes the cake for me every time. Kyle okay. Evans is the best, and I I listened to Clive, Clive, um, the one you guys did earlier, and, and yeah. he's awesome too. So. Oh man,
0: that was so good. He is he is hysterical.
1: He's hilarious. He has more one liners in that one like podcast than I have in my entire playbook. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. Yep yeah, I, I can I can preach that. All right, so uh, let's see. How about your favorite restaurant uh, when you're home in Madison? I guess it's not home anymore. but when you- Yeah, it's not home anymore.
1: Um, in Madison, you know, honestly, we would actually go for the travel. I love, and I don't even know if it's even there anymore. We'd go with my grandfather to this place called Bowley's. Bowley's Frank's is, like, the best hot dog. I, I know it's just a hot dog, but it was not just a hot dog. It was the best hot dog you ever have, and they had great crinkle cup fries that place every time i get home
0: awesome all right so if uh let's see if the masters is scheduled if we indeed have it in november who's your pick
1: Ooh. i mean i guess it's easy to jump on the horse tiger uh i mean he looked pretty darn good in the match yeah i i i I mean I, i i like tiger how about a name that you think will break through this year and win a major for the first time Um, you know, maybe you think one of those, one of the young guys, um, I don't know. I don't think that you're going to, you really could see like a Tommy Fleetwood, honestly. Yeah. I think think Tommy Fleetwood's like, do, he's played really, really well and he just, I don't know, he hasn't really crested it yet.
0: Yeah. I think, I think my pick would be Xander, but Mm, John Roms right there. I mean, it's the PJ tour is so solid right now. And if Tiger's healthy, I mean, golf's in a great spot. So, and, and clearly you're in a great spot and we're really happy for you. And, um, if, uh, if you do indeed come up to Maine this, uh, this summer, let us know. okay?
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. And once again, I appreciate you having me on. It's been, it's been good chatting and catching up.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Maine golf talk. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at main golf talk and hey Zach, before you go where can uh where can our viewers find you
1: oh, i'm pretty uh, i'm on uh instagram i don't really use it very much to be honest with you um but you can find me i think i'm zc22 um on instagram or you can follow honestly just follow the ccn golf shop um instagram love to have you on there we try to post on there pretty regularly and keep you fresh on the product so
0: there we go All right, and if you're on iTunes, we appreciate the feedback and uh, any ratings you can offer, and we'll see you next time.